Welcome to the Work Research Revolution. I'm your host, Cara DeLunger. In this podcast, I speak to doctors, scientists, professors, and business leaders who are at the leading edge of this work research revolution and radically changing the way we work. We will be harnessing their collective insight so that we can create the catalyst that drives much needed change in the future of work around the world. Work Reset Revolution is brought to you by Softer Success. Visit www.softersuccess.com to learn how you can revolutionize your well-being plan and help eradicate burnout in your organization. So let's get to today's episode. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Work Reset Revolution. Today, I'm with Joe Yarker, who is an organizational psychologist and director at Affinity Health at Work, and also runs programs at Birkbeck University. Welcome, Joe. Thank you for having me. We're delighted to have you here today. Um, very interested to hear a lot about your work, and I wanted to ask you a first question. So, as an organizational psychologist, Much of your work relates to the strong support networks play to help manage stress at work. So I was wondering if you could unpack this a little bit, particularly with regards to the igloo. Mm, Absolutely. So I think one of the great things that we know intrinsically is we feel well, we feel supported when other people are around us and they're on our side. And there's been a wealth of research in workplace endeavors to see well, what is it that are the key components of good work and we know that from work say for example by Karasek many many years ago that support is one of those central tenants so if we have support from our colleagues support from our line managers then we are much better able to do our job we're better able to perform and also we're likely to protect our mental health and our well-being and so support is one of those threads that runs throughout my work. And we really know that the social connections that we have as that glue that holds us together. And I think one of the things that we've really seen through the pandemic is the fact that when people have started to work remotely, when we've had to work at a distance in a physical environment, it's really hard to, number one, be in a position where we lack those social relationships, but also really hard to force them when we don't have the cues that enable them and so I think one of the things that we've really seen over the last few years is this rise in the loneliness epidemic as it's been called so many people particularly young workers particularly remote workers but across society people feeling that they are feeling lonely at work so we really need to double up efforts to support people in a in a social context but also I think one of the things that always strikes me is when we talk to people through our research around what's working at work, what's not, what's causing and leading to sickness absence, what's also hindering people returning productively. It's often where there's a lack of good relationships. And so there's that age old saying that you don't leave your job, you leave your line manager. And that kind of filters through through a lot of research. And so with the Igloo model, what we've done is we've tried to understand what are the resources, what are the things that people need to keep them healthy and happy in the workplace, particularly when they've returned from a period of ill health. And um, the Igloo stands for Individual Group Line Manager and Organisational Resources. So we're interested in that whole spectrum of things that we need to keep us happy and healthy. And I think one of the things that we've really noticed through the research, but also through organizational activities, is we tend to take quite a siloed approach. 
So we offer yoga or we offer line manager training or we might have a flexible work policy, but we don't look at everything in the whole. And that, I think, is such a shortfall because then we don't see where the gaps in provision are, but we also really clearly know that we can't do it all on our own. So if we try and offer lots of individual focused interventions and we don't have all these other supports from our colleagues, from our line manager, from the organisation, then it doesn't matter how much individual support we have. We're not going to be as effective in our recovery and in our sustaining of work. Thank you so much. So how can businesses look at the overall picture? Obviously, many companies have got wellbeing initiatives and plans, but what could help them better, do you think? So one of the things that we started doing, actually, is running an audit process and an assessment process to not necessarily think about how people are feeling in an outcome way. So obviously, you have many organizations have engagement surveys, for example, and um, that is absolutely important. But what we're really interested in as well is what policies, practices and um, provisions do you have in place? And what we tend to find is when we ask people, there's a lot going on, but it's not necessarily in a clear and structured program. And people don't necessarily review it on an ongoing basis with different lenses. So if you think about your occupational health or safety manager, they may have a number of activities that they're leading and communicating. And in some organizations, that's beautifully joined up with activities from human resources around more broader well-being um, offers and flexible working offers and so on. And then similarly, that might be joined up with inclusion and diversity initiatives. But more often than not, life is busy, work is hard, and we don't get together to say, actually, all these things that we've got going on, what are we offering as a whole complement and where are the gaps? And what we tend to see is that there's a real interest and ambition to offer a really supportive environment for people. But the activities that are typically outweighed are those that are at the individual level. So you can help yourself and they're all here for you. We have this smorgasbord of activities that you can engage with, but actually we don't have those resources and those activities at the team level to really encourage and foster good team relationships and good team working. We don't build that time into our day to allow for those social relationships to form. Line managers are trained in policy and, and process, but very rarely in understanding how to manage mental, how to have good, effective conversations. And also there we have, um, so we did some work a long while ago for the health and safety executive and the CIPD, and that's been updated recently um, on the CIPD site, looking at the manager behaviours that really foster and support healthy work environments. And we can see that many managers aren't trained in those behaviours. So they might be aware of mental health as a concern, but they're not necessarily confident in how to have that conversation. And certainly from a behavioural way, they don't know what it is that's absolutely key to really promote a good environment. And many of those things, many of us do anyway, but there are always gaps and there are always things that we can do better and differently. So putting things together is a really helpful way to look at it. And I think running an audit from the starting point will help you map on what you're doing and therefore where those gaps are. 
Thank you. I'm sure the listeners will find that very useful. And, you know, something that we notice a lot in our work in burnout is that that how this empathetic leadership and compassionate leadership can make such a difference to not only the manager, but the whole team in terms of looking at preventing burnout and that whole overload of work and all of the things that come with that. And that leads me to my next question is, what do you think are the most important issues affecting the modern day workplace? So, I think there are a number of real priorities, aren't there, at the moment. So many of our conversations focus around how we're going to effectively work in a hybrid way. Um, We also have a lot of conversations around supporting equality and, and equity. And also that, I think, that growing expectation from workers. So as workers, we have different expectations about what we want to do with our working lives and also where we want to work in our working lives. And so I think some of those are those broad challenges. But I think actually many of the issues are the same. They're just exacerbated by the pandemic. So they're the same conversations that we've been having for the last 15, 20, maybe more years. And we've got a really good body of evidence that can help us address those challenges. What I really see is the, the particular area for me is that we've got this growing awareness of what we need and what supports mental health, but we don't actually act act on it. So we've got a a growing awareness about mental health being a concern. Then when we look at what's going on, we're not addressing and changing and redesigning jobs. And we therefore still have very high workloads. We still have many people who are working without good levels of control and autonomy over their jobs without the support that's required, where change is communicated and so on. And so I think we're raising awareness through training, but we're not taking action to do anything about it. And so to me, that feels like there's a bubbling problem because you've got more and more people knowing that something's wrong, but they're not equipped to deal with these things at source. And that is going to be a real challenge. So that then leads me to my next question. So do you have any ideas maybe related to the work stress and looking after our cognition on how we can improve things. In other words, you know, what would a work reset revolution mean to you? So to me, it would be about putting work at the forefront of our wellbeing conversations in the workplace. So all too often, conversations about workplace health, about burnout are very much about the individual looking after themselves, doing more things like exercise, eating properly, having nutrition workshops. And that is fantastic. And I'm really delighted that many organizations are using the pandemic as an opportunity to accelerate their health promotion messages. And work is a great place to hold work um, health promotion conversations. But actually, the workplace is all about work. And if we don't prioritize good work design, if we don't prioritize good management, then we're not going to improve workplace well-being and health at work. And so I think for me, the work's reset resolution is all about ensuring that you've got good jobs, good work design and well-equipped managers. And I think some of those things are set out in the recent um, BITC report that we've contributed to that sets out that agenda for change with the new ISO that looks at psychosocial risks, lots of new frameworks and ways of doing things that I think put work at the front and centre of the conversation. 
Absolutely. And thank you so much for sharing that. And sometimes it's, you know, it's great that the individual has offered so many things and we see that as well. But there is a, a bit of overwhelm of, you know, there's so much on offer. I don't really know where to go and what to do. And actually, I just, you know, my manager doesn't support me and that's the one that I want to have addressed or, you know, we don't work the best with a team. So that's very useful. And I'll be here sharing that with our listeners as well. So any links there at the bottom. So thank you so much, Joe. This has been a really, really interesting chat. Thank you so much for taking the time. And I hope to stay in touch. Great. Thank you so much. It's been wonderful to talk to you. Thank you for listening to the Work Research Revolution. I'd like to know what has been your biggest takeaway from this conversation. As a next step, share this episode with anyone that you think may benefit. Follow us on LinkedIn at Softer Success for more inspiration to change the way we work and contact us at infosoftersuccess.com to find out more about our burnout assessment tool. If you have any feedback on how to improve, please do reach out to me as I'm always keen to learn more. Thank you so much for listening and we'll meet again on the next episode of Work Reset Revolution. Thank you.